because I'm believing we're going to need them all. God is going to increase us. He's going to add to our number. And uh, we just feel the Spirit of God is moving. And uh, we're going to fill this place up. Might fill it up twice, maybe three times. But God is going to move in our midst. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that worship service good? I'm glad I came to church today. What about you? Hallelujah. Well, we're continuing on in our series on free indeed. Hallelujah. We started with the minefield by Pastor Joseph. He started it off. Last week I brought the message being free from an empty life that was handed down to us by our fathers and guardians. Today I titled the message, Dying to be Free. Dying to be free. You know, the history of our country here in the United States has, has proven and still is proving that freedom is not free. People came here to be free from uh, uh, a tyrant government and a tyrant religion. They came here to be free where they can worship God in freedom and uh, they, they were willing to sacrifice for whatever it took. This country, hundreds of thousands of American men and women have given up their lives so we could sit here today and worship and have freedom, even though it looks like it's being taken away from us. But right now, we are enjoying it. There are forces in our country today that are trying to take this freedom away from us that, that many uh, uh, thousands of of Americans have shed their blood to give us. They're getting ready to take it away. But there's more to freedom in life other than governmental freedom. And true freedom doesn't come from government. I don't care what the government does. Freedom is still available to us because true freedom comes from God. God gives us freedom. And freedom that was purchased on the cross of Jesus Christ by the blood of the Son of the living God. He shed his blood, his death, bloodshed of Jesus Christ is what paid for the freedom that we have. And what is that freedom from? It's freedom from sin. It's freedom from bondages. It's free from uh, evil. It's free from uh, just, just degradation. It's free, being free from ungodliness. Now, there are spiritual forces that are at work today to rob us of our freedom of Christ. Spiritual freedom is being under attack, too. And uh, the same freedom that Christ had to die for to give it to us. And the only way that it can be made available to us, and it only comes by faith in God, it's by faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross that we receive that freedom. And freedom, as a believer, is a mark of a born-again believer. It's a mark. That's what separates us from the world. That's what separates those who have been born again from those who are not, because we walk around in freedom. They're walking around in bondage to sin and in debauchery. This freedom that we have is the greatest witness to the unbelieving world. 
if there's, there's going to be a witness that we have to them, it's not what we're going to be saying. It's going to be our lifestyle that we are living free from the things that the world is engaged in. But this freedom is not free. It had to be possessed by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his blood had to be shed for us to have this freedom. The freedom is not free. To possess this freedom, there must be death. That's why I titled the message, Dying to be Free. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 23. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now we know in verse 24 that Jesus is talking about himself. In verse 24, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, that's us. He died on a cross. He produced many seeds. That's us. We believe. We have become born again in the spirit of the living God. We have become sons and daughters of God. Why? Because one died. One died produced many. But not only does this principle of dying and rising up applied to Jesus only. This principle must be a complete mindset for the believer. We got to understand the dying part if we're ever going to understand the freeing part. You see, that kernel of wheat was Jesus that died, that went to the ground and died, and it produced much fruit from it. It was through the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus knew what he was talking about. He was talking about the cross of Calvary that he was going to have to die to produce men. He says a kernel of wheat must fall to the ground and die before it will produce. Something had to die to produce life. That same spiritual law is applied to each individual believer as well applies to us. In verse 25, it talks about us. It says, the man who loves his life will lose it, while a man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. The man who loves his life, you know what life that is? That's his selfish, carnal, sinful nature. If he loves that, he's going to be a slave to that. And he's going to lose his real life that God purchased on the cross of Calvary because he loves that life. Now, freedom can only come to a believer when we disown the authority of the sinful life that we inherited 
from our parents and those who are gone. The life that we inherited being born into this world is a life of the sinful nature. Now, to be free as a believer, we have to abandon that. Ruthless, self-centered existence, we have to abandon it. The one that follows after the world is that person. The acts of the sinful nature that we inherited, that we naturally engage ourselves in, must die. The word of God commands us to kill them. To kill them. The word of God commands us to kill them. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, the apostle Paul says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have, been, have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We must be willing to look at these things and be willing to kill them. Anything that belongs to the sinful, carnal, earthly nature has to die has to die. Can't go on with it. You can't go on serving God and having these things alive in your life. They have to die. But the thing is, we got to be willing to put them to death. That's what the Bible said. Put them to death. Okay? And, and killing it is not stop doing it. See, you can stop doing it and it'll still be alive. Say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. No. You got to kill the thing because it's still going to be there. The problem is we can't do it by ourselves. You cannot do it. You can't kill that thing by yourself. The Apostle Paul tells us how it's done, though. In Romans chapter 8, verse 13, it said, But if you live according to the simple nature, you will die. That's obvious. That's what Jesus said. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So Apostle Paul tells us how it's done. He says, by the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit we receive when we come to Christ. The Spirit we receive when we're born again. He says, by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. That's how you do it. It's by the Spirit. But there got to be a willingness to do it. It's like us having a gun, but we don't want to shoot it. Right? No, God gives us the Spirit so we can put to death those things that are uh, uh, above the sinful nature. See, the death of sin, though, it's a slow and painful process. 
Dying is painful. Especially when you used to live in it. But the only way we can be totally free this is by dying to sin is a lifelong endeavor. I know it. I'll be 50 years in the Lord this year, but I want to tell you something. I'm still dying. There's still stuff that I got to kill on a daily basis. I got I to gotta kill it. Putting things to death in our life is not just the external things, things that are obvious to see by other people that are connected to the sinful nature. When I became born again, Back in 1972, I became, my wife can, can testify, I became a new radical creation. Something happened to me. Radically changed. I left the house one way and came home another way. Left the house one creature, came back a new creation. Radically Okay, so when I went home, I took care of the obvious things in my life. The drugs were flushed down the toilet with the bottles of alcohol. Also, the garbage can went magazines, books, music tapes, etc. Anything that represented that old life. I had to begin to kill it. I had to begin to get rid of it. Anything that represented the old life, I wanted to get rid of. Just as uh, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all the appearance of evil. In other words, I didn't even want to have any evidence on me that linked me to my former life. I had to get rid of it. I kept looking all through the house. I got rid of everything. Had a Buddha statue. That thing went. Everything went. See, we must stay away from anything that even appears to be evil. I didn't want anything in my life that even that looked like I was still connected to that world out there that's lost and dying and going to hell which I was a part of before, but I'm not anymore. So we can get rid of all that stuff, but we can still have affection towards them. See, just throwing the dope out is okay, but if I'm still connected to that stuff, if I still love that stuff, That is a cosmic problem. This is what Jesus meant when he said, the man who loves his life will lose it. While a man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So it's not just separating or divorcing ourselves from the outward appearance of evil. You know, we can clean ourselves up. Just like Jesus told the religious leaders, the Pharisees, oh man, y'all look good on the outside. Right? You got your flowing robes. You got your prayers stuck on your head. And when people look at you, you're outside, you're praying. You look so holy on the outside. He said, but on the inside, you're dead men's bones. 
See, we don't want that. Yeah, I want to look good on the outside. I want to look good on Sunday. Try to wear my best clothes. I, 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 I shave, bathe. I want to look good. I want to look good. I do the best I can. But that is not it. You see, that's not it. You see, I can't just separate myself from the ungodly things. I got to begin to hate it. I got to hate it. If we don't hate it, we're not going to be free from it. All the drugs, the alcohol, tobacco, pornography, immorality, you will never be loose from it. If you don't begin to hate it. See, you got to, you got to end the love affair with it. See, you can get rid of it and still love it. You get it out of your life. See, in the natural, hatred leads to murder. You can hate somebody so bad you want to kill them. You want to strangle them. That's how murder usually happens. People begin to hate one another. They kill one another. Well, so spiritually, when we begin to hate something, then we'll have the unction enough to kill it. But you ain't going to kill it if you're still in love with it. Just getting it out of your house is one thing. But you need to hate that thing to where you never want to see it in your house again. See, everything we put to death won't be able to hurt us anymore. But if you just leave it out there, you still have an affection to it, then it can come back and hurt you. We can only do this, though, by the power of God's Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. Sanctification means being separated from it. Totally. Not connected in any way. Sanctification of the Holy Spirit separates you from those things that are ungodly and sets you apart for the work of God's Holy Spirit that sets you apart from that which is evil. And God, when he sanctifies you, when God separates you from the world, he just don't want you out of the world. When God sanctifies you, he wants you separated from the evil and the debauchery in the world, but he wants to use you. See, now you are a part of his family. We are part of the Father's business now. See, so not only you're leaving that lifestyle, but now you are part of God's business. The Father's business is to save the world. Now, It puts you in a place where God wants you. It didn't take me long to realize that I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But after I cleaned house of everything, when I got home, I cleaned house, got, got rid of everything. My wife didn't know why I was throwing all the albums and all that stuff away, pouring the booze down the drain, flushing the dope down the toilet. And I had friends say, why didn't you give it to me? I said, I don't want to give it to you or anybody else. It's gone. It's gone, okay? Uh, but it didn't take me long to realize that I got rid of all the external things, but somehow I realized this stuff, 
I've got stuff inside. I, I can't just throw it away. I can't just get rid of it. It's, it's, it's in here. See, and that's the things that take a lifetime to do. Because just because you're born again and you become a Christian, you're not perfect yet. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, I haven't achieved it yet. But one thing I'm doing, I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm pressing on. That's what I'm doing. I'm 50 years. I'm still pressing on because I know where I'm going. I'm getting closer to it day by day. But we won't be perfect until we release this body. Till this body dies physically, then we're going to see Jesus. Now, 30 years ago, when I took over this ministry in met, I was 20 years old in the Lord, 10 years in ministry, and uh, I remember one morning, I was leaving the house one morning, and I can't tell you what, what I said. It's been 30 years ago. I forgot it. On the way out, I said something to my wife that wasn't good. It just wasn't good, okay? I'm pastoring. I'm a pastor. I've been saved 20 years. I walked out. I said something. I can't tell you what I said because I forgot it, but she forgot it too. That's what you're supposed to do in marriage, okay? You're supposed to forget those things. But anyway, when it came out of my mouth, I said, this ain't good. And, uh, and immediately, I said, I'm sorry that I said that. And she said, immediately, she said, I forgive you. But. See, she knows what's in this book like I do, okay? She says, you know, she says, I forgive you. But you know what the Word of God says? <laughs> so she quotes Matthew 12, 34 to me and says, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. She says, it wasn't so much the words that you said and how you said it. She says, what hurts me is I know it came out of here. And when she said that, it, the Holy Spirit says she's absolutely right. You know she's right. In my heart, I knew it. Well, immediately, I promised her, I said, that will never happen again. It's been 30 years now, and it hasn't happened. The reason why it hasn't happened, because I killed the thing. You see? I killed it right then and there. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I said, that, that will never happen again. See, until you hate something... You're never going to get rid of it. You got to look at your life. And if you don't see it, the Holy Spirit is going to show it to you. And I want to tell you, if you're not signed up for the Freedom Encounter, you need to do it because I guarantee you before the day is out, Holy Ghost is going to show you everything that needs to be done in your life. Okay? 
So the reason that I don't have a problem with that anymore is that I put the thing to death. See, to be free of sin, we got to have an anger and a hatred towards it. You got to understand what it's doing to you. You got to understand the guilt, the shame, the remorse, everything that comes with it, and you're heading towards death. See, if we want to be free, I got to be willing to put the sinful nature to death. Don't say, well, I'm going to just quit doing that. No. You got to do more than that. <laughs> you got to put the thing to death. You got to say, I don't want no part of this anymore. And it's, it's out. And God will provide. When you make up your mind, look, God's not going to do it for you. I have people say, well, if I'm a child, God, if, I, if God don't want me doing this, he's going to take it away from you. No, he doesn't. He'll give you the weapon, but you got to pull the trigger. <laughs> so you, he'll give you the weapon. He'll give you all the power you need, but you got to pull the trigger on the thing. He's not going to do it for you. You want to quit cursing and profanity? Say, oh, that's a habit I got. No, that's not a habit you got. That's coming out of your heart. Everybody that uses that foul language, people say, well, that's just a habit I have. It's a bad habit I have. No, it's not a bad habit you have. That's what your condition of your heart is. That's why it's coming out of your mouth. Oh, I tell people all the time to curse in front of me. And they know I'm a minister, they want to apologize. I said, I don't apologize. You're just speaking your father's language. I said, what do you mean, my father? I said, your father the devil. God don't talk like that. And it's not a habit that you're going to just not do anymore. Something's got to happen. Something's got to change. Something's got to die inside of you. See, so God will provide the power, but we've got to pull a trigger. Here's the process. You want to know the process? The process is this. The freedom over sin. Number one, we must urgently and earnestly ask God for the Holy Spirit's help to fight sin. Paul said, by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Okay, that's it. You've got to do that. So if you have an issue in your life, you need to be earnestly seeking the Lord, saying, I need your help here. And when you do that, God's going to show up. And when you begin to hate the thing, tell the Lord, I hate that thing. Help me kill it. And he'll do that. See, Christianity can only be lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. This ain't religion that we're in here. This is a lifestyle that is powered by God's Spirit. That's how we can live this way. I had people tell me, I don't know if I can live the way you live. You can't. You can't. You and God can, but you can't. See, because I can't. It's the Holy Spirit that allows me to do what I'm doing. So if you... Christianity can only be lived by the power of God's Holy Spirit. If it's not, then it's just empty religion. That's all it is. So if we don't want, we don't just want to win the temptation fight. Say, oh, I was tempted, I beat it. Yeah, no, you don't want to just beat temptation. You want to kill the power of sin. 
You want to kill it. You understand? Listen, there was things in my life that I was bound to. But I want to tell you something. Those things are dead. I put them things to, to death. I don't want those things in my life anymore. I hate those things. And when I see somebody else doing it, it kills me. It kills me. And, and I can't condemn them because I used to do the same thing. But to them, it's still alive in their life. Okay? The second thing that if we're going to win this battle and, and put these things to death is that we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's conviction of sin. You see, I didn't really know I had that thing in me until it happened, came out with my wife, and God said, you see that? you got to get rid of that. you got to get rid of that attitude. you got to get rid of that thing. See, we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of those things in our life that it's going to take a lifetime for him to bring up because the only time they're going to come up in certain situations in your life. There's going to be certain situations in your life that these things are going to come up and the Holy Spirit shows you and that's the time to pull a weapon out and pull a trigger on it and say, hey, I ain't doing that no more. I don't want that anymore. What the Spirit tells you is that you can't love that thing no more. The love affair is over with. You have, to, you have to dismantle that thing. You have to get rid of it. So the Spirit tells you you can't love it anymore. See, love, really, definition of love, it's an act of the will. You love people because you will to love them. Well, hatred's the same thing. When you hate somebody, you will to hate them. Well, we got a will to hate sin. And if you're not, if, if, you're, if you're holding or you're loving these attitudes you have, these, these uh, uh, addictions that you have, if you love them, listen, you're not going to get rid of drugs unless you hate them. You're not going to get rid of alcohol unless you hate them. You're not going to get rid of tobacco until you hate it. Until you break the love affair with it, it ain't going nowhere. You're going to keep it the rest of your life. Love is an act of the will. We can love or hate. It's up to us. It's up to us to kill these things in our life. You want to be free? Then something got to die. <laughs> you you got to get on a killing spree. Number three, there are times we need to bleed, plead the blood of Jesus over that thing. Sometimes that thing... It's so tough. You got to plead the blood of Jesus. You, we got to remember that the death on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ's death, is what it took. It's all we need. We got to realize that his death gave us the power over this thing. And just plead it. If it gets too bad, just plead the blood, the blood of Jesus. And God will take care of that. The fourth thing, if you want to be free of that, then we must often think on divine precepts, the things of eternal life. In other words, you can't come here on Sunday and think about divine things, and then Monday you're back in the world and your mind is full of worldly things. can't do that. 
See, we have to be constantly our mindset on godly things. Colossians 3, 2 says this. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Everything in my life has to be evaluated by divine things, by eternal things. You see, every decision I make in life has got to be based on divine things, heavenly things, because that's where I'm going. I knew that the moment I got to say, I'm going to heaven. Come hell or high water, whatever I got to face, I'm going to heaven. And I want to tell you right now, 50 years, I'm still going. I'm going. That's where, that's where I'm headed. Heaven's been on my mind for 50 years. And anything that tries to stop me from going there, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. Hope it's not people, but. <laughs> See, the things above are simply the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and of heaven, eternal things. We've got to be thinking about eternal things and godly things all the time. Okay? I remember my older brother told me, you spiritualize everything. I said, because everything is spiritual. Everything is either of the devil or of God. I got to determine what it is. I got to determine where it's coming from. Because that's only coming from one place or the other. There's only two kingdoms here, the kingdom of, of, of God and the kingdom of the devil. Now, what, where is it? I'm spiritual enough, I can tell you where. Just tell me what it is, I'll tell you what kingdom it belongs to. The abortion clinics, I'll tell you what kingdom that is. Kingdom of the devil. See, these things should consume a believer's life. See, we ought to judge everything in our life by the spiritual things. Everything. Everything. But for the believer to keep his mind upon the things of Christ. See, if you're going to do that, guess what? Then you're going to need to know what they are. Fill your mind, your heart, and your life with the Word of God so that way you'll be able to keep your mind on those things constantly. All the commands, all the promises of God. I got to know the promises of God. How are you going to go through life if you don't know the promises of God? If I have a financial need, I got to know God's going to supply it. Why? Because He says He is. If I'm sick, I got to believe that God's going to heal me. I got issues, I got to believe that God's word, God's word covers everything in our life. Just, just, just believe it. Hallelujah. The fifth thing is that we got to be jealous and protective of our own heart. Not to breathe in any corrupt air that can cause an infection of sin in our heart. That's why you got to forgive everybody. You can't hold unforgiveness. We're going to deal with all that. Come, come to Freedom Encounter. You're going to get rid of everything. We're going to get rid of everything. We're going to deal with everything. Because Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Our heart condition is the most important thing in being free. The sixth thing 
is that we've got to bless the Lord for his grace given us to kill the ungodly actions in your life. Every time you kill something in your life, you need to thank God. Thank God that thing's dead. I ain't got to worry about that no more. <laughs> That's gone out of my life. Thank God that he gave me the power to kill it because it's not going to give me a problem anymore. It might show up, but it ain't no big deal. It's not going to cause me any problem. See, freedom is, 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 is not free. Jesus paid for that. We're enjoying it, but it wasn't free. His death provided the means for us to put, put to death sin. And that one that is about to destroy us. John 8.36 says, For if the Son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. Now, if you're here today, I want everybody to stand with me. If you're here today and you haven't believed on Jesus Christ and his payment for your sins, you will never be free from it. 